Thank you for joining us for another episode of Baker Hosts Ad Nauseam, a podcast series focusing on new and trending advertising issues with an emphasis on the FTC and the NED. I'm Leah Brave and you're listening to Baker Hosts. We are once again joined by Amy Mudge and Daniel Kaufman, two partners from Baker Hostetler's advertising, marketing, and digital media team. Together, they have decades of advertising experience and approach advertising issues from multiple perspectives. On today's episode of Ad Nauseam, Amy and Daniel talk about what to expect in 2024 from both the FTC and the NAD. With that, welcome to Ad Nauseam, and let's turn it over to Amy and Daniel. Welcome back to Ad Nauseam, and thank you so much for joining us. Today, our goal is to put 2023 way behind us and talk about 2024. So what are the important issues that the FTC and the NAD will be focusing on next year? What big rulemakings might reach the finish line? And most importantly, though, how are Amy and Daniel planning to improve themselves in 2024? Amy, I got to ask you, any New Year's resolutions for you this year? Oh, I hate them. <laughs> Me too. Okay. We're definitely going to add an ad nauseum theme song for 2024. So stay tuned for that. I am resolved on that front. Oh, I got a great one. I'm going to resolve to be more gentle and kind to myself because that <laughs> means I don't need any damn resolutions. What about you? I think you're going to blow through that resolution on January 2nd. Don't quote me, though. <laughs> so, look, if I need to cook more. I actually really enjoy cooking. I have not been cooking much, and I want to do that more in 2024. It's something I enjoy, and I've just been too lazy to cook lately. So that's my goal, a little more cooking. Okay, I love it. I love it. So, but Amy, before we talk about 2024, we had a great time recently at the ANA conference in Orlando. I was wondering what your highlights were and what your big takeaways were from the conference this November. We did have fun. That's the advertising prom. <laughs> okay, I got a lot of takeaways. First, Orlando is very humid, even in the winter. My hair was a little big. And everything down there feels like a big cavernous theme park. I'm very much looking forward to going to Arizona next year for some dry and some cactuses. Second takeaway, I don't know if it's takeaway, but I had so much fun with you on the main stage on a fake ad nauseum podcast with Serena Viswanathan and Laura Brett. It was great to have them from the FTC and the NAD. They were candid. They were open. They were real. They shared some stuff. And, you know, they're two of the most important people in our industry. They were really good sports about it also. I mean, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Indeed, they were. One of my truly favorite things also was Brian Murphy's Lessons from Drag Queens presentation. That was absolutely brilliant. And probably last but not least, AI, AI, AI everywhere. Lots of talk about AI. I'm not sure if there was lots of resolution about AI. Yeah, I guess you could really swing a cat without hearing someone talking about AI. Is that the phrase, I guess? I think you're or swinging a dead lawyer. I've heard that oh one too. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about 2024. You know, I know Baker Hostetler, we're going to do a webinar at the end of January talking, you know, look back at 2023. But I think 2024 promises to be an even busier year, certainly at the FTC, at the NAD. We've got an election coming up at the end of 2024 that I don't think we want to even think about. But, you know, it may be that the FTC wants to get some large matters done well in advance of the election. I think you're absolutely right about that. It took them a long time to get going, and it feels like 
They're really going now. Things are chugging along. They're getting hot and heavy at the FTC. But look, we can't talk about the FTC without talking about rulemakings. Clients have been just coming out of the woodwork with real concerns about some of these proposed rules that are coming out of the FTC. Now, Daniel, I've heard these rulemakings are not quick and they can take a lot of time, but it, some of these feel like they're moving at a quick pace. So, you know, it's interesting. These rulemakings are supposed to take a long time, but the FTC is getting through them pretty quickly. Now, it may be they're cutting some corners that they should not be cutting necessarily, and there need to be informal hearings on a number of these rules. But the volume of comments being filed has been really enormous. There's been a a huge number of comments that are filed in virtually all these rulemakings. Okay. Do they really read those comments, Daniel? So, yes, they do. Look, some of them, you know, get a two-second glance, generally when it's a consumer complaining about these fees are too darn high, you know, that's not going to go into sort of a a deep dive. Mm -hmm. But certainly the substantive comments that are filed by consumer groups, by law enforcement, by industry, you know, those are really closely analyzed. All right. Put on your prediction hat. Look in that crystal ball. What do you think is going to happen with rulemakings in 2024? So we're going to get some finalized in 2024. They will be challenged in court, but I do think the ones that jump at me is most significant at the moment. You know, although they just sort of started the proposal for the junk fee rule, the proposal for the specific rule just came out and the comment period is open right now. You know, there is such a huge interest in this issue broadly on the federal level, not just at the FTC with the White House. So I think there's going to be a big push to try to get that junk fee rulemaking moving as quickly as possible. Certainly in light of movement on the negative option rule recently, I think that's going to happen pretty quickly as well. There'll be some sort of final rule probably maybe late spring. And, you know, certainly I haven't been focusing much on the non-compete rule, but that's an enormous priority at the FTC. And I have to imagine in the spring, there'll be a final non-compete rule and maybe even a revised Children Online Privacy Protection Act rule. I think it just has to happen. Wow. Wow. Aggressive. That's been out there a good long while. Okay. Four years. All right. Well, but do you think we're going to get the Mac Daddy? Do you think we're going to, I, you know, you didn't even mention the, uh, I guess we'll call it the privacy rule or what is it? Like the deep surveillance rule? Look, I think they're going to come out with some sort of proposed rule or rules in this area next year. I think we're still a long way from that becoming a final rule. It's just so much more complex and more challenging than some of these other rulemakings. So I think we will see movement on the privacy rule, but I don't think that rule gets finalized next year. So, Daniel, you suggested that the FTC is cutting some corners with these rulemaking. I think Chair Khan would say she is streamlining inefficiencies. But you mentioned that kind of moving things along at a quick pace might form the basis for some court challenges. Can you flesh that out a little bit more? I mean, it's interesting. On the one hand, historically, rulemakings at the FTC took many, many years. And I don't think anyone looks at that as a good thing either. I don't think cutting corners is good either. Probably there's a happy in between of sort of robust rulemaking, but uh, making sure that people have the opportunity to comment appropriately. But the reality is these are really controversial rules that the FTC is moving forward with. And these rules, MAGMOS rules in particular, they are appealed at the end of the day in the Court of Appeals, any of them throughout the United States. And it's pretty much a given that these rules will be challenged. There's lots of concerns about the breadth of the rule, the scope of the rule, but the procedural requirements are really important. And certainly rules can get struck because of a failure to sort of address all the procedural requirements. And FTC rules have been struck in the past. It's been a long time. 
but there is a history here of courts looking at the FTC process and saying, yeah, this isn't adequate. So we'll see what happens sometime in 2025, I guess. Well, if a rule passes and you want to challenge it, can you go in just at the date that the rule is passed or does someone need to wait until there's an enforcement action and you know enforcement of a rule? I love these specific questions, Amy. So MAGMOS requires that I think it's within 60 days of the rule becoming final. That is the window of opportunity. So a company has to, oh, industry will okay. challenge it very quickly after the rule becomes final. All right, Daniel, rulemaking, schmulemaking. How about cases? What do you think the FTC is going to focus on? What is their enforcement imperative? I'm sure we're going to see some of the old standbys. We got, you know, Made in USA clunking along. Probably some stuff on endorsements and testimonials, more on consumer reviews. But what else do you think we're going to see? So I think this is a year that we will start to see some real AI activity at the FTC. Yeah, look, they've been talking about it a lot. We know there are investigations that are going on at the agency. And I think we will start to see several announcements about sort of law enforcement involving AI. So that's definitely going to happen. We're going to see some enforcement actions that were leaked. Okay. All right. I know (laughs) where you're getting your crystal ball now. It's that big CID that leaked. But look, we know they're looking at these issues and the FTC doesn't issue, you know, 10 blogs on a topic and do nothing about it. They're deeply involved in, in AI issues. There's also going to be a lot more sort of privacy cases focused on sort of unfairness harms, like in the Kochava case, looking at, you know, whether it's an unfair practice to sort of share and sell geo information. Think, Amy, I think we are due for a juicy national advertising case. I think we, you know, oh, oh, we are so, we are so due. We are due, Daniel. And that sweet case of sort of combining privacy and advertising issues, ad tech, I do think we'll see more activity in this space. Lead generation, certainly an important issue and becoming a more important issue with the FTC. Needless to say, dark patterns will continue. We'll hear about dark patterns in every case. And don't forget activity on green guides. That's still going on. Maybe they'll have another workshop on green guides, but certainly we'll start seeing some more cases, I think. Really? Do you think they're going to wait to bring cases until after the guides are released? Or do you think we might see some in 2024? I think we might see some in 2024. Sometimes I like to bring a case to sort of support the guide changes they're going to be making. Okay. Oh, they shouldn't be cases that are too close to the line, but we're due for a green guide case, I think. Uh, maybe somewhere biodegradable. They, they, yeah. they, they, they pull those out. Okay. Dear listeners, I have a new challenge for you. Every time we have a podcast that Daniel Kaufman mentions Kochava, <laughs> that is shut time. It's a really interesting case. I don't know what you're going to do when that case goes away. Uh, I just, I, I, I'll I just start talking me. about dark patterns. Yeah. Okay. All right. What? Look, let's not forget the bigger issue with the FTC. Well, not the bigger issue, but like Congress is really focused on the FTC. They've made a lot of enemies in the House on, on the Republican side. There's a lot of oversight over what the FTC is doing, lots of concern by the Republicans as to a lot of what the FTC is proposing. And we're likely to get the two new commissioners, the two new Republican commissioners confirmed and on the commission at some point, perhaps this year. Actually, it's probably too late this year, maybe early next year. Well, Daniel, do you think that having two new Republican commissioners is going to do absolutely anything at all. I mean, these are folks with experience. They both have solicitor general background, but what are they going to do besides write dissents? I mean, yeah, look, on the one hand, right now things are getting voted out 3 nothing. Once you have two Republicans, when there are controversial issues, maybe they'll get voted out 3-2. 
But the minority commissioners do have the ability to work behind the scenes and try to moderate some of the more aggressive proposals from the commission. So there is a lot behind the scenes that the minority commissioners can do to sort of try to get compromises, to sort of agree not to issue dissents if certain changes are made. So we'll see. Like, I think a lot of people at the FTC are sick of the sort of high partisan focus of the agency. And maybe this will be an opportunity to go back a little bit to the more normal FTC. Um, Knock on wood, I'm hoping that happens, but at least it'll be an opportunity to return to normal. I do like a spicy dissent. <laughs> I miss Commissioner Wilson, I got to say. Yeah, so it's looking like a really slow 2024, but like, what other issues do you think are going to be hot in uh, next year, Amy? All right, well, maybe I say this because they're issues near and dear to my heart. I think we're going to see some more blurred advertising, native advertising cases, and focus on disclosures, whether disclosures in those contexts work or not. You know, one of the things I thought was really interesting from our panel at ANA was Serena Viswanathan said that AI and very targeted advertising might increase the burden for advertisers to perhaps personalize disclosures. That was a kind of a seismic moment for me to think a little bit about that. I'm not sure if that's going to happen in 2024, but it was something that made me stop and go, hmm, there has to be. If you get your junk fee rule this year, there's got to be some junk fee cases. We just see enforcement after rules are passed. Yeah. So talk a lot about the FTC. What are you thinking about NAD focus for next year? Well, you know, it's hard to look in the crystal ball because NAD really mostly depends on what cases competitors bring. And, you know, I guess no surprise that I'm going to anticipate there'll continue to be a large number of filings from telecom cases. This has just been the norm in the last few years. Smile Direct has had a really big run in bringing cases in the dentistry and the teeth whitening area for the last couple of years, but they're bankrupt. So we're not going to see that unless other folks step in. A monitoring case is one where you know the NAD decides what they want to pursue. And this NAD under Laura Brett really likes to step in and give advice in areas where the FTC is maybe pondering to give some advice to advertisers in the meantime. And since we're all waiting for the green guides, they brought a lot of green cases, aspirational claim cases in the last couple of years. I think they might actually chill a little bit on those types of cases. I think they've kind of made their point in that area. I know Laura is frustrated by content on the web that looks like it's advertising with no disclosures. We've had recent cases in that area, but I think we're going to see more. There's no discovery in NAD, so those things are really hard for the NAD to dig into, but I think they're going to try. And I think we're going to see more complex track cases. NAD really wants this complex track to take off in the same way that SWIFT has. And I think they think it got a bad rep for being very slow in the beginning. So I think we're going to see NAD encouraging or informing parties that they need to move tracks if they're bringing claims involving multiple products or maybe even multiple claims. I know we're going to see, just like at the FTC, more cases that mention dark patterns. It's a frustration of mine. <laughs> Anything that happens on the web these days seems to be dark patterns. Well, and it would be irresponsible to have a dark patterns drinking game because that's just... <laughs> wildly, wildly irresponsible. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. All right. So, Daniel, we got to end on how can companies best prepare themselves for this 2024 that we're expecting? What can they do to get ready? You know... These rules are really important. And I know a lot of companies are concerned about filing comments, particularly in the junk fees rule. And 
making sure you're working with your trade associations to sort of understand what's happening, to have input into comments that are being filed, and to seeing if you can provide evidence to your trade association that can help buttress the arguments they're making. Like I can't overemphasize the significance of some of these rulemaking. So keeping on top of what's going on, working with your trade association, and you know, watching what the FTC is up to. This is really important what they're doing. Whether you agree with it or don't, it is going to a lot of them potentially impact a lot of advertising in the economy. Okay, I got some too. I got some stuff based on what we think is going to happen that I think it's just good sense for companies to go back and take a look at. Here's my list. One, junk fees. You got to prepare for all-in pricing. Between this junk fee rule and multiple pending state laws, we're going to get there. So you should start now to get a plan in place for that. As far as dark patterns, go back and look at your e-commerce site to look for dark patterns. Go through the buy flow and see if the options are presented neutrally. This is bigger than subscriptions. Option parity is going to be a big focus for dark pattern enforcement going forward. AI. I know we're still in the nascent stages, but ask questions now. Find out what your company is doing as far as using AI. Make sure you've got a policy in place and you keep looking at it. And then really take a look at any contracts where AI targeting or content may be used. Next, blurred ads. Look at your use of recommendation sites or any listicles. You got to ask some deeper questions about what is the relationship between the publisher and the marketer and how the content is created. There are real questions over whether those necessary editorial walls are always in place. Green claims. Still take a look at those ESG promises for aspirational claims. Do you have a clear plan and financial commitment moving forward to meet any of these specific goals? Consumer reviews, if you didn't do it last year, now is the time. Look at your review practices, how you disclose incentives, how you source and moderate reviews, but dig a little deeper. Look at how you phrase asking for reviews to make sure this is very neutral. And then look at how you list reviews. Are you putting all the good stuff on top? You can't do that. The listings need to be objective. Endorsement guides. For video content, you got to get the disclosures in video in both writing and audio. This is something new that we're hearing from the FTC, and we think it's important to start doing this now. Also ask if it's clear who is sponsoring the ad. In other words, hashtag ad might not be sufficient if it's not clear who the advertiser is. And last but not least, do you market to kids? If you do, take a fresh look at any disclosures you're using to make sure that that younger audience understands it. The FTC is telling us that ad might not do it when you got younger eyes. So that's what I'd do if I had some extra time in December and January. That's my checklist. But my final question before we wrap up, Amy, what has been your best New Year's celebration? My best New Year's celebration? Best of all time. Well, I go to a friend's house every year and there's a theme party. And you know I love a theme party. I think my absolute <laughs> favorite was something that popped up in my Facebook memories a couple of weeks ago. It was a giant 80s prom blowout party. It was just a joyful experience. How about you? So it was, I guess, my most irresponsible experience, but it was so memorable. I was in college. I think I was a junior and my friend and I received this out of the blue party invitation for a party in Washington, D.C. for New Year's. We didn't know the people who sent it. 
we just showed up. We went to Washington, D.C., having no idea who these people were. I don't think we even booked a hotel. They ended up being wonderful. We had a great time. But it was just one of those incredibly irresponsible things we did as college students. But it was also my first trip to D.C. Little did I know. And here you are. Here you are. Here we are. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We hope all of our listeners have a wonderful New Year's celebration this year. We hope you make resolutions and actually stick with them. And we hope that one of your resolutions is to tune in to Ad Nauseum. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Amy and Daniel. If you have any questions for Amy or Daniel, their contact information is in the show notes. For more information on the latest developments in ad law, visit our Attorneys Law blog at www.attorneyslawblog.com and check out all Ad Nauseum podcasts by subscribing to Baker Hosts wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening to Baker Hosts. Comments heard on Baker Hosts are for informational purposes and should not be construed as legal advice regarding any specific facts or circumstances. Listeners should not act upon information provided on Baker Hosts without first consulting a lawyer directly. The opinions expressed on Baker Host are those of participants appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect those of the firm. For more information about our practices and experience, please visit bakerlaw.com.